What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports, Sklar. I am joined by my co-host, Shelton's very own, Tyler Pacholke. We appreciate you all so much for listening to us. Be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on all of our newest episodes. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review. That really helps out as well. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on all social media platforms and follow us as well at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. On this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show, we'll talk about everything going on in the first round of the NBA playoffs as they have not disappointed so far. We'll also talk about a couple NBA awards that have already been given out and where two current big men currently rank all-time among the greatest centers of all time. All this and more on episode 246 of the TSK Show coming up right now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 246 of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports, Sklar. Joining me as always, Shelton's very own Tyler Pacholke. What's going on, Tyler? How are you, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, it's getting nice outside. Yes, the weather's I starting spent, to warm up out here. I went in the pool the last two days. Did you really? I really did that. Wow. I really All feel right. like that. Yeah. You really living the life over no, here. No, I'm trying. I'm trying to treat myself. <laughs> it, it was uh, It was nice. Yeah, I, I don't blame you, man. Well, I apologize right off the bat to the listeners for uh, missing last week's episode. Uh, we were all set to go last week. We were ready to rock and roll, and I completely forgot that there was a Kings game last we're, Wednesday night. We're uh, you have to understand, people, that we're at a level where we're competing with the LA Kings for for time here. Yeah, so, you know, the company decided, ah, we'll go with the Kings as the one and TSK as the two, which we're okay with. But you know, it's understandable. That's where we're at. That's yeah, what we're doing. There's. There's a lot of uh, construction going on at the radio station and uh, the hierarchy of who gets to use the studios uh, when uh, we, we got bumped a little bit down the totem pole uh, last week. So uh, we, we were shit out of luck, basically. And uh, unfortunately, we just couldn't couldn't schedule another episode last week. And so we we had to take the week off. But we are back. We are ready to talk about all of the first round of the NBA playoffs. But first, Tyler. Uh, I got to tell you about my experience at Dodger Stadium uh, a couple weekends ago. I went to the Dodgers-Reds game with my grandpa. Uh, it was the last game of the home opening series. Jesus. We just had uh, the keyboard fall. The The new setup uh, in the studio, the, the keyboard is in a weird place, so got to keep it balanced. Anyway. It was uh, the last game of the home opening series for the Dodgers against the Reds. They were going for the sweep, and it was my grandpa's first Dodger game in probably over 10 years. So it was really cool getting to go to the game with him. Uh, I got the tickets, luckily, from work. Uh, so shout out to work for hooking me up with the tickets. Uh, it was my grandpa's first time in a suite at Dodger Stadium. So that was uh, an experience in itself. Um, also, uh, I have a couple friends that work 
for the team and one of my friends dahlia uh, got my grandpa a ball that was used in the game that saturday night the night before uh, so my grandpa got to go home with a ball from a, a game used ball from that series so that that was pretty cool and and very nice of dahlia oh, to do oh it's kind of the the holy grail of a baseball game yes like when you when you go to a baseball game that's like the best possible outcome and funny enough my buddy taylor khan uh he's been my best friend since i was like six months old uh, uh we met when we were very young clearly um he caught a foul ball in san diego this past weekend that dodgers catcher will smith hit uh, at Petco Park because he he lives down in San Diego currently, so he was obviously at the game because the Dodgers were in town, and he caught a ball uh, that uh, came off of Will Smith's bat in the game. So it was a uh, very I'll never, lucky weekend. I'll never forget that Angels game against the Mariners, and I oh. damn near caught that. When we got on TV, yes. Oh, my God. I damn near caught it. Uh, home run ball by Hanniger in the first inning. Yeah. Oh, we were going nuts, on too. On the third, ba- third baseline. Yeah. God damn it. I think I have a picture of that on my Instagram. No, it was it was wild to be like actually in play, you know, like looking up at the ball being oh, like, "Oh yeah, holy shit!" This is like, coming right this, at me. This is coming. Uh, like it must have been maybe five stadium chairs away from me. Yeah, no, it, it was very close. You yeah, were you yeah. were like within like two people to get yeah, it. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, but basically, it was it was just a great overall experience at Dodger Stadium. My grandpa hadn't been to Dodger Stadium since they've done all of these renovations to the stadium. So we got there early enough for him to walk around the stadium and, and see all of the new stuff and all the renovations. So it was it was really cool. And then, like I said, I, I have a couple of friends that actually work for the Dodgers and uh, one of them, Jackie and Dahlia uh, as well. They were they were both able to hook it up and get me on the Jumbotron for the hat shuffle game. And I don't know. Um, Obviously, I'm assuming most people are familiar with the hat shuffle game on, on the Jumbotron at sporting events. But if you're not, uh, basically, the, originally, the, the old way at Dodger Stadium was there were three hats and there was a ball placed under the hat and you mix up the hats and you have to basically guess which hat has the ball under it. I went up there thinking there was going to be three hats. And right before... I right before they went live and it was in between the top of the fifth and the bottom of the fifth inning right before we went live on the jumbotron I was told that there was five hats I was like wait a second there's five hats I'm screwed damn yeah I don't think I've ever seen a five hat yeah yeah it was it was intense and as soon as it popped up on the screen they it was basically in a pentagon shape all five hats and I think that the the ball went under like hat number five, I think at first, and I tried to watch it, and within two seconds it was gone. I lost it. There was a glare on the the screen that I was looking off of, and the ball when it would move from under each hat, because like you know how uh, when they try and trick you, they'll move the ball from one hat to another, like mid switch. Yeah, there was. The way the, the the graphic was set up, the ball would like light up and the glare that was on the screen, I lost the ball completely. So within like the first like two seconds, I was done. You're like, all right, it's a guessing game now. Yeah. So it's it, it comes like to to a stop and I was just like, I have no idea. And I literally at one point said, Oh my goodness. And the host literally said, Did you just say, Oh my goodness? So he said it like on the mic. He was like, Is that what you just said? And like the whole stadium starts laughing. Nice. And I 
eventually I pick the wrong hat and the entire stadium boos me while my grandpa is sitting watching this. And so unfortunately I couldn't make him proud in that way, but I made him proud in getting him to no, the game. No, no, I'm sure that was funny to just that experience like you getting a chuckle out of the crowd and all that. Yeah, no, I did I did post the video to my Twitter. So uh if you do scroll through my Twitter, you you can find it. It might take you a couple scrolls because I tend to tweet a lot, uh yeah. if, if you don't know. Um, prolific. <laughs> but yeah, I mean it was it was just a great day at the ballpark. The Dodgers ended up winning. I think the final score was like nine to one. They they scored seven runs in the fourth inning. Uh, it was it was a great day at the ballpark, so it was it was a lot of fun. What, no, no, uh, Dodger games are always a good time. Yeah, we definitely have to go to one they this summer. Not, no, they're they're an event. Oh yeah, any sporting event in LA is an event. Yeah, thanks to thanks to Doctor Bus. <laughs> that show is incredible. No, the show's been great. Episode eight aired last night. Another another banger of an episode. Yeah, we're in the we're in the meat of it now. We're in the, just the good the good part of it. Yeah, it's we're been getting fun. we're getting towards the playoffs uh, in terms of where the season is at nah, this it, is, for basketball. This has been great. I mean, I'm just a I, I'm I'm obsessed with NBA history, and this has been you know this has been great, and uh, so many people I've gotten so many good conversations out of it because i'm talking about stuff i never get to talk about with people but because they're just learning this story or they right. don't know how it ends or you know like woody's watching it with us and he doesn't know how their season ends oh <laughs> you, you know what i'm saying so it's like it's so dramatic for him and I'm, this you is know awesome. i find myself talking basketball history with this guy because like one conversation unravels the next one you know what i'm saying and, well and not only that I think the show, it's not just a basketball show. It, it touches on so many other aspects yeah, of no, life it's, as well. Th this story is particularly about a group of people. Like, I mean, yeah. this, you know, that, that accomplished some great things. Um, so it's not just, a, it's it's dramatized. I mean, it's it's HBO. It's it's good shit. Yeah, well, I thought it was funny. Uh, one of the... With... So now he wants to watch The Last Dance, and he hasn't seen The Last Dance. <laughs> and I don't think he knows how that season ends either. You know, I'm sure he, he like he knows that Jordan won a bunch of championships, yeah, but he doesn't, but he doesn't know necessarily the... know like how that all that stuff unfolds. Right. And, he doesn't know the details of it Yeah, or how it came to be. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been fun having that show on and, and getting to chop it up with people that, you know, haven't been exposed to like NBA history, really. Yeah. Well, speaking of it being dramatized real quick, um, Jerry West uh, officially came out like with his lawyers basically saying they want HBO to like retract everything that has been put out about him from the show. And it's like, there's disclaimers on the show saying this is a dramatization yeah, and all yeah, of that. No, and can't. then basically one of the last scenes in this week's episode is a, a pretty intense scene between him and magic in the locker room. And it's a very like revealing conversation between the two and it showed a different side of jerry west that no. we have seen in this show and everybody on twitter was just like basically clowning jerry west like oh my god it's they were building it, up for something bigger it's almost like there's character development in yeah. a tv show <laughs> yeah yeah exactly. oh my god no, and dev you know i understand like it's got to be hard for people to watch themselves being portrayed because it's never going to be perfect yeah kareem came out and, and was against it as well he yeah no, i it. saw i saw kareem i saw kareem like Posted on his website a little like review, which was crazy to me. But I mean, I understand too. Like, it's you're gonna be defensive of yourself and how you're portrayed. Yeah. But it's like, damn, dude, you're Kareem. You've been portrayed. You know. Yeah. People know your story. Yeah. And there was the 
the Kareem in Kareem's article, he brought up the the whole saying "fuck you" to the the kid actor from Airplane, and he was like, "That never happened." And in Jeff Perlman's book, Linda Rambis is literally quoted as saying she saw him tell a kid. It wasn't specifically the the kid actor from Airplane, but she saw him say to a kid, "Like fuck off, kid." Like when the kid asked for an autograph, so it's like. That's that definitely happened, but it might not have happened to the yeah. To and the it's kid not actor, necessarily but... a bad thing that it happened. Like people, he's a human being. Like you, you act on emotion sometimes. Yeah. And like if he did it, you know, I'm not. I don't think of any less of Kareem because he told a kid to fuck off one time. Like I'm sure a ton of great guys and good athletes have told you know have not done the right thing in that situation. You know. Yeah. Which is just it's not a big deal. Yeah, but I mean, th- this episode, I think. Uh, it revealed a lot about a lot of different characters, uh, and and they're not just characters; they're real people in real life. And and mm-hmm. I think it, it no, revealed it was, a lot of stuff. No, it was it was good. It's it's been a great show. Yeah, but all right, Tyler, we we got a lot to talk about uh, and to catch up on with the NBA playoffs. So let's go on ahead and do that. Come on, you're getting paid. Ask something. Five seconds at Final seconds. Bryant for the win. Did I miss anything while I was gone? Before we talk about what's been going on in the first round of the playoffs, we got to wrap up what happened in the NBA playing tournament. Um, the final two games were between the Hawks and the Cavaliers and then the Pelicans and the Clippers. First, the Hawks beat the Cavaliers 107 to 101 after the Cavs started off strong at home in the first half, but Trey Young had a big second half and ended up scoring 38 points in the win. Uh, we both thought the Hawks would win that game pretty easily. Um, I thought the the Cavs put up a much bigger fight uh, than I was expecting. So I'm I just want to talk about the Cavs for a second and just say hats off to them on an incredible season. They, uh, like we've said a bunch on the show, have taken a step this season that yeah. not many people were expecting, and I think it it is great for that franchise because since LeBron left them and. And both times that he left them, they kind of were left for nothing. Yeah. And really, they have turned it around much quicker than the first time, I think. And really, the, the only reason it turned around the first time was because LeBron came back. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, after LeBron, before LeBron, you know, it's been a struggle for that franchise. Yeah. But, I mean, with uh, guys like Evan Mobley taking a leap in his rookie year, I, I'm excited to see what he can do next year. Uh, they have Karis Levert, who they traded for midseason, so I think an offseason with the team will do him well. Um, I'm just, I really like this Cavs team. No, they built it the hard way too, you know, which is a a term I'm using nowadays a lot, a lot more often, just because I'm, I'm seeing the teams that are having success and the teams that aren't. Um, it's just, you know, through the draft and through free agency and and building role players and coaching and all this kind of stuff. Um, you know, if you take the time and you build build it, it's it's uh, it can be you know fruitful at the end, and they've they've kind of done that. You know, they didn't even have Colin Sexton all year, right? Um, so it's like you know they drafted Sexton, they drafted Darius Garland, they drafted Mobley. You know, that's 
three good years of draft picks. Traded for Jared Allen. Um, they've they've kept a veteran in the locker room like Kevin Love, who's who you know franchise. You need those kind of players. You know, got got a guy like a Karis LeVert um, in in a uh, in a trades, and got a guy like Laurie Marketing in a trade, which aren't like they're not like huge names. You know, max contract guys, but they're really good basketball players that help your team. So uh, yeah, Laurie yeah, Marketing was a top five pick. I'm if yeah. I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, I think he was the fourth pick, and yeah. Uh, so yeah, they took the, they took a great step this year, and they're going to be competitive next year. Yeah. Now in the West, the playing game was the Pelican, or the final playing game was the the Pelicans and the Clippers. It was fifty six to forty six Pelicans on the road at halftime, and then the Clippers scored thirty eight points in the third quarter to lead eighty four to seventy four heading into the fourth quarter. Only to go on to lose by four points, 105 to 101. Brandon Ingram led the way for the Pelicans. Uh, he scored 30 points in that final playing game. Paul George was ruled out before the game after testing positive for COVID 19. That's some bullshit. Well, he self reported it. So, no, no, I mean, yeah, I, it's, it's the, the outcome is not bullshit. It's just, it just sucks that, like, if he didn't self report his symptoms. No, but of course, like the Clippers you know, lose Paul George for their one game playing scenario. Hey, um, the way the so, cookie crumbles. Well, and they didn't have them all year, but exactly. Uh, it was, it was just very unfortunate. Like I wanted to see the Clippers get a chance just because they fought so hard all year and then actually got Paul George back at the end. Um, so I was excited. I was excited to see that team get into the playoffs just because purely out of like it being impressive. And yeah. The, just the Falcons sure. are impressive too, but. Uh, yeah, it just sucked that like Brandon, or uh, PG came back and then only to just not be there when they really needed him. Yeah, but you, t I mean, you took the words right out of my uh, out of my mouth. I mean, Clippers fans can't use the excuse of not having Paul George for this one game when he didn't play for half the season, and they they were getting all this praise for how they were doing without him. No, they were, but in in a one game scenario, like seven games is different. But like in a one game scenario, it's pretty unfortunate to lose the guy. Like he was back. Yeah, you know, so like he had come back. It, it's pretty unfortunate and, and, to lose. And it don't get me wrong, like he was playing phenomenal when he was back. Yeah, yeah. It's just you know, it would. It's not necessarily like it, it was a for sure win because he plays, but it would, you know, it would have just been good to see see um, see him on the court. Yeah, but I mean, I knew as soon as that news was announced, just a one game scenario. You know, like that just is tough. Like it's a tough pill to swallow because Paul George can win you one game. Yeah, and as soon as it was announced that he was out i knew they were gonna lose yeah of course yeah i mean it would have just been it would have been tough you know they they fought all year and that was that was just you know the and final to, hurdle to get that news that morning is such a like detrimental blow to, to one psyche thing too you know oh like, yeah god it's just man way to just stumble right before the 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 end zone you know now tyler when are we gonna have a conversation about Kawhi Leonard and Paul George's era with the Clippers being a failure so far. Well, because I'm ready to have that conversation. Yeah, I mean it's it's uh uh I don't know necessarily like if it's a failure or it just hasn't like we haven't been able to see them. They they played really fucking well the time that they're on the court together. The Clippers have uh, been title contenders since the Lob City days, Tyler. Well, that's a different team. That's but a different team. The last two the years, the talk got even louder when Paul George and Kawhi Leonard came to town. Yeah, yeah, which it should it should have because those two, I would say, is an even better combo. Now, then that's like that's a very 
that's a very slim margin. Like CP3 yeah. and Blake Griffin were legit. Yes. Um. But but PG and and, and Kawhi do I think need to be at a a level a level up. And and really I think this is more of a Kawhi thing than a Clipper thing. You know, because I I just feel like the Clippers have done everything in their like everything that they could to make a championship caliber basketball team. I mean the like the the coaching and the effort from the players this year shows. Like man, you throw two max players on with this team, like who could they beat? You know, like right. and, and PG and Paul George or Paul George and Kawhi are, are as good of two way players as anyone. So I really think it's more of just like man, Kawhi, he's writing this. He has such a weird legacy where he's almost like the the he's almost like the grandfather of of like load management. I mean, I, I mean, he's done this twice now. Uh, like where he sat season. out a year, yeah, yeah. I mean, he did this with the Spurs. Where His he last played nine, year, yeah. nine games, yeah. Um, and and he's done it now. He's he's played like sub seventy games, you know, multiple times in his career. It, it's all, but he's also done the damn thing. Want you know, won at the highest level, um, and with two different franchises. So he does get the respect of like an all time great caliber player. But at what point is his like? load management affecting franchises that he's with like well let's he just happened to win one with the spurs but then it, it, you know he affects, didn't just so happen to win one with the spurs he beat lebron well no i mean he just so happened like he 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 won a championship you know like with with the spurs uh, yeah okay i mean he's not this you know the way you said it it came off like oh he just so he because he was on the spurs he he won the championship yeah yeah i mean he was a big part of it but he yeah, won finals yeah, mvp yeah yeah no for sure he was like the young yeah i get it but LeBron it was rolled still his eyes the, when he saw him checking in at the free throw line. It was still the Spurs, you know what I'm saying? But then they pay the price, you know, at the load management season. Yes. And then, like, Toronto just gets this, like, lottery deal with him playing, you know, 65 games, and then they win the title run uh, on a year where everyone's just obliterated by injury, really. Not uh, everyone, but the, the team they faced in the finals. The, yeah, the team they faced in the finals, for sure. That's that's correct. Um and and so you know then then he comes to the Clippers has a great great season you know what were they the one or the two seed, but then doesn't play in the playoffs right like no he played in he played in the bubble, no okay so his second year with the Clippers, oh, last he, season they were really fucking good, and but then he ends up not playing in the playoffs right and then hasn't right. played all That's this right. year, um so it's like no he played in the in the the series that they blew the three one lead, in the bubble. No, the, but that was three years. That was that, this is like the third. This is know. this is year three. His first season was the bubble. Yes. Second year was last year. Yes. And then this is his third year. Yes. Yeah. So second year, I'm talking about he has a really good year, but doesn't play in the playoffs. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, because he gets hurt last year in the playoffs. Yeah. So so like the year that it you know like we see it, it works. They're a great basketball team. They're a title contender. But you they blow a three-one lead you in the don't, bubble. You, no, not after the bubble. Oh, after the bubble. After now. the bubble, the second season. That's what I'm saying. Like he plays really well, and you see what this can be. But then, like you don't get to like right, and then they still make happens. it to the Western Conference Finals. And then the next, and then the next year, he doesn't play the whole season. So, like when he's on the court, it produces, and when he's not, the franchises struggle. And so, I don't think it's necessarily a Clippers thing because they've. But the they've Clippers gotten, signed him. They've gotten really good. But I how mean, is that not a Clippers thing? They've done well. I mean, I guess if wise decisions are reflective of the Clippers organization, then yes. But for what they did to I, sign I him, think, I think he's an individual still within an organization. For what the Clippers did to sign him, 
Yeah, no, they they invested in a guy that lo- does load management, which when he plays, it's great. They're and a contender. And when he does it, and when he does it, you know, and... they don't do well. They did everything they the Clippers did everything that they could to make Kawhi happy and and basketball wise. I yeah. mean, great coaching, great role players, size, shooting, yada yada yada. And it's amounted have, to nothing. And it's amounted to nothing because of Kawhi. I don't think it's 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 not a Clippers thing. I I don't think that this will be like the Clippers, Paul George, Kawhi was a failure. It's more just like Kawhi. How do we look at Kawhi? Like this guy. But how can lists, that? How is that lists, not an indictment on the Clippers franchise if we're talking about the Clippers as, as a whole? Well, because I think they've succeeded outside of the fact that they can't get Kawhi on the fucking court. Similar to the Lakers last. They haven't years. succeeded though. They haven't won a championship. That 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 is. I I understand where you're trying to get at. They haven't won a championship. They haven't succeeded. I, so it's like 95 percent of franchises. <laughs> Are failure in that that regards, but I don't believe that that's how the world looks at it in in the rear view. Um, it hasn't it hasn't been good because he hasn't been no, on the court. No, I think I think it hasn't t- been good because he hasn't been on the court. That's Tyler, like plain think, and simple. Tyler, I think 10, 15 years from now, we are going to look back and say the Kawhi Leonard, Paul George era of the Clippers was a failure. That's possible. That's possible. But I I I would I would more label it as Kawhi. Why failed? But no, that's a reason why the era was a failure. Yeah, that's true. But it was the Kawhi era that failed, not necessarily the Clippers. I don't think it's not a regular. No, not that's regular, not the way it works, Tyler. I, I mean, I guess I, I think that that's that's a little harsh. That's a little narrow. Uh, you're judgment. really you're really just wanting to pin this on Kawhi. I am. I am pinning it on Kawhi straight up, like. Just like, just but, like, just okay, like but, any team that so superstars just, that isn't playing, like it's not on the, the you built a basketball team to play with a certain guy, like it, it goes around these these core pieces, right? But you're just expanding on the argument that I'm making of why it. Was yeah, a, no, Kawhi failed, so the Clippers fail. I get it. Like, yeah, they're all in the same. I I, I understand, but I just you know. It's not You're their, sticking up yeah. for the Clippers while I try and stomp on their grave. I get yeah, it. yeah, and I mean it's it's not it's not hard. They've done great. I mean they they've they've won a lot of games compared to what they should have. So not everyone can win it, and not everyone's a contender. Yeah, I guess that's the way it goes. That's the way it goes. Well, all right, enough uh, enough about the Clippers. Let's let's talk about the teams that are actually in the playoffs now, um, because uh, like we were talking about a little bit in the fantasy football group chat. Uh, the play-in tournament doesn't really mean anything towards the playoffs or the play uh, the regular season. So it means something, but it doesn't mean anything statistically. <laughs> I know it, I'm just, it, it picks who the playoff teams are. I know. I just I yeah. wanted to call back to that little comment in the in the text just now. <laughs> yeah, no, they're they're uh, they're it's a weird spot. We talked about it last. Like they need to put those stats in the playoffs, and they should be marketed as a playoff game. Definitely, it's not a it's not a regular season. Um, not a regular season game and it's a win to advance scenario yeah all right tyler let's let's start with the east the one eight matchup we got the heat versus the hawks miami's leading three one uh miami won the first two games scoring 115 points in each game uh they win game three one or excuse me the hawks win game three 111 to 110 thanks to a floater from trey young with about four seconds left in the game um, but Trey Young has not shot well at all this uh, this series. He's seven of twenty seven from three uh, in the first round of the playoffs. The Hawks were without Clint Capella, who hurt his knee in the playing game against the Cavs until Game Four. 
Um, and even then, he hasn't really been that much of a factor. So I think that's been really hurtful for uh, Atlanta in terms of their strategy and how they wanted to play against Miami because they need a guy like Clint Capella to go up against the bigs that Miami has. Um, Miami, I think, has had a really well-balanced attack throughout uh, the series. Jimmy Butler's gone off for uh, 45 points. He had a monster game, too. Um, he had a 36-point performance in game four. Uh, Duncan Robinson had 27 points off the bench in game one. Um, if Trey Young's not going to shoot the ball well, they, the Hawks don't stand a chance against anybody, really, uh, and especially against a Miami team that's this this good. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I'm surprised that they've they've got they've gotten some dubs. I you know I just I, I like the Hawks. I think that they're a really competitive basketball team, but the Heat are just a well-oiled machine right now. Um, and I think you know they have a shot to win win a second series possibly. Yeah, and I think with some of the injuries and now with the the Nets being out, which we'll talk about in a second, I think Miami has a legitimate chance to be the the East representative in the finals. Could be, yeah, especially you know Embiid with a with a hurt thumb. That's that's a that's a factor as well. Now, I mean, Miami's also dealing with Kyle Lowry's injury. He injured his hamstring, so that that's going to be something to monitor. But I think Miami they've kind of dealt with injuries all season with with guys being in and out of the lineup. They've kind of had to deal with that adversity all yeah. year long, so they're a bit as, a bit yeah. more equipped. As I long feel as like. Jimmy and Bam are out there, they're deep enough with their roster that they can, you know, sustain a couple injuries. Yeah, and then when you when you got Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero, sharpshooters off the bench. Yeah, no, they're deep. Like they've got they've got a great team from top to bottom, so they can that's when you're able to sustain injuries and those are typically championship teams. Yeah, so I mean, I think Miami closes this thing out in 5 games. Just a, a a nice gentleman sweep. Yeah, no. Um honestly, all the series have been a little more competitive than I thought. Uh so I also think that they're going to finish it out in five, but I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Atlanta pulls out another win. Yeah. Now, moving on, we got the Celtics and the Nets. The Celtics finished the series tonight, uh, just before we started recording, actually. Uh, they swept the Nets in four games. Jason Tatum hits the first buzzer-beating game winner in Celtics playoff history, which says a lot. Uh, in game one which is just weird i know the fact that it's never like a, a legitimate buzzer beating yeah yeah, game yeah, winner. yeah which i know they're rare in general but it just you know there's been so many opportunities i mean i think there's been over 400 yeah. celtics playoff games in and, the history and i'm sure of, there's been a ton where they hit it under you know four seconds right exactly yeah. um so i mean no him, i mean anytime you do something for the celtics it's pretty crazy yeah and then obviously uh we'll, we'll talk about this for a second uh, the story from game one was Kyrie Irving in Boston uh, flipping off the fans. He got fined $50,000 for his actions. Um, what did you think about that whole situation? I think um, it's – I just – I don't get how fans these days, they just can't talk trash intelligently. And and Kyrie kind of brought that up in, in the post game. He didn't really say it like that, but he was like, when I'm getting called like pussy, bitch, like all, all this other stuff, it's like – how yeah. else am I supposed to react? No, no, it, it is. It's it's whack. Like, you you know, we want to sit here and be like, you should be b the bigger person, but you don't always have to be the bigger person. And I there's mean, a there way comes to a talk point trash. Where, there comes a point where enough is enough, but this isn't talking trash, you know? Exactly. This is, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, so it's like, you know, if Kyrie shows up to the fucking sandwich shop and is like, Steve, you're a fucking bitch, 
You know what but I mean? He, like Steve's gonna get pissed about it. He brought you know? that up, and, and and it's it's uh and it's true, and he's right. Uh, there is a line, and there is acceptable stuff, and and uh, you know, I think it just unfortunately it's tied to a lot of like viral, um, people wanting culture. to go viral culture. Yeah, and, yeah, and people just, looking for clout, and just the whole yeah, clout chasing kind of in general. That's what it kind of is like. All you're doing is trying to say the thing that will get to Kyrie, you know, on a personal level to get him to react. Yeah. And it's because they get rewarded with, you know, clicks and likes. You know, it's the same thing as, like, you know, I hate those videos that go viral where someone goes and, like, pranks somebody in public or fucks with somebody in yeah. public. You know what I well, mean? Well, then it's, it's like, like Kyrie get, Kyrie only gets punished by losing $50,000 out of his paycheck. Yeah. No, I, I, you know, I like, we always want athletes to kind of, you know, did you see what happened? Be the bigger guy, but it's it's just it's not a. Um, I don't think that that's a fair. That's fair, you know. Uh, it, it's whack that these these fans can just say whatever they want and they have some sort of protective barrier. Did you see what happened in, in the, the baseball Yankee, game? Yeah, the Yankees yeah. Guardians game. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean it's it's. Uh, Cody Bellinger had a beer thrown him in San Diego over the weekend too. Yeah, it's just it sucks because they're not they're these are humans they're not like some animal on display for a show. People think that buying a ticket grants them the ability to do whatever they want. And like heckling's been around forever, you know what I mean? This is not anything new, but the way the way the way it's coming across now is different. Oh, and, completely. And and people handle it different. Like, uh, I mean, I'm sure that like you know Boston in the in the 80s was a rough place to play in, but. And they probably said, like, you know, they probably crossed the line. I mean, uh, Bill Russell had a known hatred for Boston Celtics fans because of what they would say to him. Yeah, so, so <laughs> it, you know, it's not... it's not Their own player. Yeah, it's not anything new. It's just now we're, like, now we're at, you know, an age where people can speak up, you know, and speak out, and, and you can put, you know, put this issue under a spotlight because the people doing it are doing it for spotlight. Yeah. Now, on the court uh, with the Nets, Kevin Durant had one of the worst playoff series I think he's had in years. Before game four tonight, he was averaging 22 points on 38.5% shooting and 45.6% from three. So, so the three-point shooting was there, yeah. but, but nothing else was there. And then tonight, in a last-ditch effort to, to, to try and save the season, he has 39 points on 13 of 31 shooting, but he was three of eleven from three, so he went ice cold from three tonight. It was brutal. Yeah, yeah. and then he missed the free throw with I think it was like twenty two seconds left, yeah. which would have cut the Celtics lead to one. Yeah, and I mean I don't know what's worse, last year where his shoe is half a foot too or half a size too big, or missing the free throw. Well, this one, uh, no, this one hurts because you fucking you blew it. Yeah, but the, the other one hurts because you didn't blow it. You yeah. were a fucking this. this that was know. just chance. Yeah, you were this close to not like you. Like no, I know which one pains. hurts more. They're two pains, and like they probably hurt like equally, but they're different pains. Yeah, but I mean, I gotta give a no. shit ton of credit to the Celtics for the defense they played I, against the Nets and Kevin Durant. I mean, I think I think the Celtics game plan against KD is why he had that series and why they swept him. I mean, they just threw everything at KD and was like bring something else to the table. Well, and you know? they were just so much more physical with him and they were just not letting him get to the spots on the floor that he likes to get to. And well, they, they were just physical, you know, they threw everything, they threw strength, they threw height, they threw, 
speed. Yeah. You know, they were on him, and they had multiple eyeballs on him every time he touched the ball. That was a really tough series for KD. You know, he worked fucking hard for those 39 tonight. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, and I think that's kind of how the whole series was for him. He really, you know, uh, I feel ba- – I, I, he's, like, really the only one I feel bad for on that team because I yeah. think that he came to play – uh, and he had the kitchen sink thrown at him, and and no one stepped up. But um, the Nets, you know, I think the Nets and and honestly the Lakers are this year kind of show you maybe the NFL or the NBA is turning as far as like super teams like aren't unbeatable anymore. Super and, team, super teams this playoff won a combined zero games. Yeah, well, and, and I mean, there's yeah. They did. And <laughs> and uh and I think it's just showing you now like you need to build it again the hard way. Uh, you know, I think the Golden State Warriors model is so much more It's about fit, not it's, talent. It's about that it's a game, you know. We we forget that like you gotta play the game. It's not all measurables and analytics. Like there's no reason that the Lakers and the Nets aren't, you know, in their conference finals, respectively. There's the, zero reason. The top two betting fa- favorites to start the season were the Nets one the Lakers too for the last two seasons and and so it's just like for for those two franchises to it, it's you know you have no continuity you've got no flow there's no roles there's no I, I you know identities for these guys there's no uh you know camaraderie AI, basketball wise you know the the Nets throughout all these different lineups all year Kyrie you know couldn't play at home didn't play for a while uh then he is playing um, it's just it's just hard to build any sort of rhythm. These guys, they were just trying to figure it out while they're in the playoffs. While you have all these teams that are doing well that have had guys, you know, they've got five, six, seven guys that have been on the year, their teams three, four years. You know, and they've they've built to become a, a great basketball team. And they all know their roles and they know where to be and what they're doing. And it's just kind of obvious, like, the good basketball teams now are the teams that, are, are good at the game. They fill their roles. They don't, you can't just go buy a team. The Nets have won one playoff series since Kyrie and Kevin Durant have joined the, the Nets in 2019. One playoff series. Yeah. No, I mean, Ky- Kyrie hasn't been, uh, you know, he hasn't been on the court either. I mean, this, 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 uh, this whole Nets thing, like, I feel, feel like, again, I feel bad for KD. I think he's been available, and then when he hasn't been available, it's been legit injury. Yeah, I uh, think you know Ben Hart, James Harden, kind of got smugged sh- in this whole deal. Don't get I me think, started on Ben I Simmons. I think he he went there to to play with those two guys and didn't get to, you yeah. know. And then you know they finally get rid of. But he also came in out of shape and all of well, that. It, it, but whatever, who knows what his shape was like? We weren't in the gym, you know. He's still James Harden, uh, but but he like he wasn't, you know. They don't even need that third person. That was all luxury. Like, Katie and Kyrie, that's the end of the story. They should be winning basketball games. You know, this is two of the most skilled players ever assembled on the same team. You know what I think is not being talked about enough with this Nets team is Joe Harris being out. He was such a big factor for that team. He's one of the best three-point it's shooters a, in the it's league. It's not being brought up because it's not, a, it's, it's not a legit, like, excuse or a factor. You know, I mean, does he help them be a better basketball team? Yes. But if Kyrie and KD are out on the court, you need to win no matter who the. No, yeah, out there. it's the same. It's the same thing with the yeah, Lakers. Yeah, and, and it's the same reason why the Heat can lose Lowry and not fall off a fucking cliff. But if you know the 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 Nets lose one guy, then it's just like, 
we're, we got to like redo everything. Yeah, you know? no, I completely agree. Um, they can't sustain that injury because they don't have anything in place. Yeah, and then I mean they had in addition to all of that, the whole Ben Simmons thing looming over them their heads because it was first reported that he was maybe going to play game three. Then it, he he's not playing game three, but he can maybe play game four. Then it's reported that he's going to play game four, and then before the game he's. Uh, a scratch he scratched from the lineup not the lineup yeah, but yeah. it was announced he again, he wasn't going to play for quote unquote back soreness again i just think he was like this extra layer of, to the story that just doesn't matter he's like a footnote in this KD Kyrie saga because again they're they're enough that should have been it KD and Kyrie played yeah like no excuses you got great role players and great names on that team as well it's you know it's not just you and a bunch of bums um you know, so like Ben Simmons is almost just like not a factor. You know, like if he played, he played. If he didn't, he didn't. The this the story. Of I this almost team think it would have hurt him. And you know, the the only reason he didn't play to, today is because they went down 0-3. You know, I think if it's a two one series, he plays today. Probably, and that I mean, but you don't want him to come out, play one game, get fucking beat and swept, and then like we're we go to next year. You know. Well, and then but everyone they, starts probably blaming him, and then his mental's all fucked up even more. Yeah. Um, so it's like I don't know what you know I don't know what to say about Ben Simmons. All I'm, that, all I'm full on anti Ben Simmons now. He doesn't care about basketball, in my opinion. Oh uh, well, I mean I don't know about that. I just I just know that he ain't right. You know, so it's like, dude, just I I don't care until you get right. Like you're you're just you're not a factor right now in the NBA. But he couldn't sit on the bench tonight when he's been sitting on the bench every other game. Yeah, I mean he's obviously just like in a bad state of mind right now. You know, and so. It's like, dude, you just need to get get yourself right, and then you can come back to, like, the basketball world. I guess. Now, the long-term impact, though, of what Ben Simmons has done, I think there's going to be major changes to how some of these contracts get written up um, and how the next CBA gets uh, written out with how players' contracts are going to work because I know teams are pissed at how – Ben Simmons has been able to maneuver his way through all of this, and and they don't want to. Uh, he sat out one season. I mean, he's not the first athlete to do that. No, but I know it doesn't make teams happy. No, it doesn't. But I don't think it's going to be CBA altering stuff. I think uh, it could be. I think he's a. I think he's a big enough. The only thing I could see it doing is like mental health being like the l- language in a contract where it's like you can't say. I'm not playing due to mental health, which I just think is going to be a stretch to try and get. Yeah, on I mean, a contract, he's, he's you know suing. I mean? He's suing the Sixers to get his money back that they did yeah. not pay him for the yeah, games so that he missed like, this year. A, a, in this day and age, mental health is part of health. Like that is how the you know that is how at least like I think that America views it all. Like mental health is a is a big deal to this generation. Uh, it's very it's very talked about thing nowadays. Um, people are very aware and treated differently. You know, they they're more there's more support for mental health. You know, yeah. Um, so, you know, I don't I just don't think that it's gonna shift any sort of CBA thing. He's just he's just gonna have like that kind of tarnished on his resume. I mean, you you know what you're getting with Ben Simmons. Similar, well, you really similar, don't know what you're getting with Ben Simmons. Well, that you know that you know. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I mean, he's that's true. I mean, he's played. You know, like he he was injured. Yeah coming out and then he's played and then like this is the first season where he does like this you know he fell apart in the playoffs last year like he 
played that whole year. Yeah. Yeah. You know? No, I got you. So it's like I don't want to be too hard like on the guy, but at the same time, it's just like, you know, it is what it is. Everybody knows what happened. You know, like your head your head just isn't right. Um, you know, your back may not be right, but the back's kind of just a scapegoat of everything. Um, and you're not you don't feel comfortable to go out there and play yet. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I think it's very similar to signing up for Kawhi. You know, I, you're I gonna, think that's you a know, good comparison. You, you yeah. know where you're going to get in the sense that you don't know where you're going to get. I mean, Duke could shut it down at any point in time. Yeah. Kawhi could shut it down at any point in time. You know, and Kawhi's done it multiple times. So it's like Ben Simmons now, you've done it. So now we're going to be cautious that you don't do it again. Yeah. Now the Celtics, I mean, Jason Tatum, I think, has catapulted himself into a top play, top 10 player in this league. He's close. I think he's right there. He is i mean he's scoring at an unbelievable clip yeah. in this is in this series he played phenomenal defense against kevin durant i think i think he's one of the best two-way players in the league right now and i mean for him to be so young that's that right. says he, a lot well he's in that he's got that that nba body too you know that it's, six, eight, it's six, perfect nine forward yeah he's a skilled player does it on both ends and he plays for a good basketball you know team and and a sta and franchise you know they've that core is that big three has been together a long time yeah, Tice and Horford have been there a long time. Um, you know, Derek White is is like a small addition. You yeah, know, and they're then, not making huge moves. They're, and they got Robert Williams back from injury, which I think was the biggest addition for these playoffs for them. They in, drafted Robert Williams. Yep. They they drafted Grant Grant Williams. Mm -hmm. They drafted Peyton Pritchard. Mm -hmm. They drafted Marcus Smart. Mm -hmm. They drafted Jason Tatum. They drafted Jalen Brown. Yes. I mean, it's it's. But we're talking about the hard way. This is how you do it. <laughs> yes. For to, to be sustainable, you know, to get to where you're not like banking on max contract guys every year. Yeah. And you, then you make your own max contract guys. Yeah. And I mean, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have for sure done that. Exactly. And I mean, the Celtics, they were one of the best teams towards the end of the regular season. And they have just continued ascending with, I think, each game. It's. As as much as I hate, you kind of always knew they had it in them. You know, last oh, year yeah. was kind of a last year was kind of the year where it was like a head scratcher. Like, wow, they played really bad this year. You and know? now they had to get a new head but coach. But now they're kind of back to where they were. Yeah, and I mean, it did not start out that way this season. No. Um, now they will face either the Bucks or the Bulls. Realistically, it's going to be the Bucks. Uh, the Bucks they're up three to one. Chicago, I think, put up much more of a fight uh, than I was expecting in Game One. The Bucks won ninety three to eighty nine. It was, I think, really a weird game in my opinion. That that first game, uh, Giannis had his normal twenty seven and sixteen, and but Chris Middleton in game one was four of thirteen from the field with eleven points, and then Drew Holiday was six of sixteen from the field with only fifteen points. Uh, and then on the Bulls side, Vucevic led the way with twenty four and seventeen, and Demar Derozan was six of twenty five from the field in. Zach Levine was six of nineteen from the field and two of ten from three. So that was that was just a really weird game one to start that series off with. Yep. Um, and then after game one, I was really interested to see how Middleton and Drew Holiday would respond because to me it looked like they were starting to run out of gas. I mean, I think the fact that they both played in the Olympics last summer is now impacting both of those guys in the long run, they they essentially didn't have an off season. Nah, these and guys are these guys are pro athletes. They're in their primes, Ty Tyler. But we've seen it every year since the bubble that these injuries because no, of these no, short yeah, off seasons. We're, we're, 
we're still kind of feeling like you know next year will be the first real full kind of go yeah um, i i think chris middleton's but, injury his knee injury is a direct impact of playing in the olympics not having it's an easy an off season it's an easy conclusion to draw for sure because fatigue can always fatigue can always um but know, we have other cause we have other injuries. examples on other teams of it happening as well yeah yeah well like i said if an injury happens and you played the olympics then then that's like the only conclusion you're gonna draw yeah um, but i mean injuries happen for a number of reasons i just think that these guys in their primes they they can play year-round i don't I think the NBA schedule is a lot harder than going to the Olympics during your offseason. Yeah, but the fact that it was such a short offseason because the finals and him playing no, no, in the finals yeah, yeah, no, and it all I, being moved back. Yeah, very, I mean, the Bucs had a, had a tough turnaround when it comes to, you know, Middleton, Drew, and Giannis. Yeah. And so, I mean, game two, Chris Middleton gets hurt. Um, the Bulls win. DeMar DeRozan puts on a clinic. Um, but then... The Bucks have really dominated since then, winning games three and four, one eleven to one uh, eighty one, and then one nineteen to to ninety five. Uh, game fives uh, in Milwaukee on Wednesday. Um, I think the the Bucks close out the series in five games, gentlemen sweep. Um, I just think they're too much for the Bulls, but I think that the Bucks are much more equipped, just similar to Miami, to sit, like overcome a Chris Middleton injury than if they were to sustain an injury to a Giannis or a Drew Holiday. I think Middleton, they can kind of get away with. They've had guys like Grayson Allen and Bobby Portis step up. Grayson Allen, I think, has done a phenomenal job uh, coming off the bench in place of uh, Chris Middleton because they've, they've been starting Bobby Portis uh, and having that front line be Brooke Lopez, uh, Chris uh, Giannis, and Bobby Portis. Um, so I think Milwaukee's going to be okay um, with Middleton being out. Um, but it's it's definitely a much tougher road now for Milwaukee than it was gonna be. Yeah, but I mean Boston is hitting their hitting the right stride as far as health goes. You know, yeah. like Embiid's down. Uh, Chris Middleton, you know, is hurt. Um, but you know, I still think that yeah, Giannis is enough to to get him through and, and probably win the East. Yeah, I th I th I mean the Boston Milwaukee series now is gonna be much closer than I thought before, but. I just I don't think the Celtics have anyone that can stop Giannis. No one does. Uh, <laughs> and, and you know, I I was really high. Like I really thought Philly had a chance, but I think with this thumb injury, it really I don't know. It, it might just take them out of the race. Yeah. So Philly's up three two now. Uh, a but lot Philly, you know, Philly I think has a good shot at beating like a Miami, but with a hurt Embiid, I don't know. With a hurt Embiid and a James Harden playing the way he is, I mean, it's playoff James Harden, and he hasn't shown up. Yeah, no. Well, Embiid, <laughs> Embiid is enough, though. Like, Embiid should be able to get them to the conference finals, even without James Harden. But um, they need James Harden to play well to, like, make a title run. Yeah, but I think I think a big issue for them, um, for the Sixers this series especially, against the Raptors and having the, the roster that the Raptors do with the length and size that they do. Matisse Thibel not being able to play the games in Toronto because he's not fully vaccinated, that was a huge hit to to Philly's defense. And he's one of those guys that you can put on a Pascal Siakam. And, I mean, Pascal Siakam had 15 of his 34 points uh, in no, game. The Raptors are a weird team. They're, they're, they're a team full of Swiss Army knives. Yeah. So, it's – I think the Raptors are going to be the first team to come back 
from being down 3 nothing and win this series. That would be wild. That would be wild. I think the Phillies got one more game in them. The Phillies? I think Phillies got one more game in them. <laughs> I mean, they, they have to win one more game. Yeah, I think, I think they got they one more tonight. Yeah. They lost tonight. They lost tonight 103-88. to 88. Yeah. So no, MB being the I mean right thumb that's a big deal. That's gonna that's gonna affect all of his jump shots. He was three for ten in the first half of Game Four. Uh, he finished seven of sixteen from the field, and then he was seven of fifteen tonight in Game Five. So that thumb is clearly impacting his no, shooting. Of course it is, and and fifteen shot attempts is not what you want. No, I Embiid's usually taking twenty to twenty five. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the no, I the think Raptors are gonna come this, back and win the series. I think this is all. The dust settling for Giannis to get back to the finals. Interesting. Boston's a real Boston's a real threat, um, but I think I think Giannis is going to take it take it home again. We shall see. I mean, I so right now the way it's looking, it's going to be um, Celtics versus the Bucks, and then the Heat versus either the Raptors. Or the Sixers. Yep. Yep. I think the Heat will probably beat either the Raptors gonna, or the Sixers. It's going to be the Bucks Celtics. I mean, that is the Eastern Conference Finals. So the round, so round two is the Eastern Conference Finals. I, I think, yeah, in this scenario, yeah. Okay. Definitely. All right. Which happens quite often, I feel like. I think uh, it's it happened, happened the past couple of years. It happens more often than you would think. Yeah. All right, Tyler. Let's, let's move on to the West. The Suns versus the Pelicans, the 1-8 matchup. Um, the series is now tied 2-2. Yeah, crazy. Chris Paul put on a master class in game one. The Suns win in convincing fashion. Game two, Devin Booker goes on a heater in the first half, scoring 31 points uh, in his 25 total minutes of play, but he hurts his hamstring and had to leave the game, which opened the door for Brandon Ingram and the Pelicans to steal game two on the road before heading back to New Orleans for two games. Brandon Ingram, uh, he put on a show to to win that game. 37 points, 13 to 21 from the field, uh, three of three from three, eight of eight from the free throw line, uh, 11 rebounds, nine assists, one steal, one block. CJ McCollum was six of 10 from three with, uh, with 23 points as well. I mean, the CJ McCollum trade just completely turned this Pelican season around. Yep. And I mean, they're, they're realistically a 10th seed and now they're an eighth seed. No, they made, they made a good, uh, they're making a good, you know, sell for Zion as well. Yeah. And Devin Booker straining his hamstring game two. He's probably done for the rest of the series, if not longer, if the Suns advance. Uh, the Suns, they were able to win game three, 114-111 uh, on the road in front of a raucous crowd uh, in New Orleans. Chris Paul had 19 fourth quarter points in game two uh, to lead the Suns, or excuse me, game three to lead the Suns to victory. And then the Pelicans, they were able to tie the series in dominant fashion last night, winning the game 118 to 103. Brandon Ingram had 30 points once again. Uh, and then you had guys like Jose Alvarado and Herb Jones making huge defensive plays in the fourth quarter. Uh, there was a 12 nothing run in the fourth quarter by the Pelicans at one point. Um, Chris Paul scored zero points in the fourth quarter for the Suns. And if, I mean, with Devin Booker out, the Suns have to be heavily leaning on Chris Paul for some offense, and if he's putting a, a goose egg in the fourth quarter. That's not what you want. No, the again, like Durant or like Durant. I mean, they're throwing everything at him. He needs to be able to 
to make a play. You know, four you, points you, on whether, two of eight shooting. Whether it's you know you got to take more than eight shots. You know, the the, the attempts is the problem. Exactly. It, for yeah, the game yeah. last night, Chris Paul had four points yeah. on two of eight shooting. That like you know that can't happen. You you know that's okay if it's at halftime and you're trying to get your guys going. You know what I mean. But you can't go four quarters like that. You you if the, guy, if, the, if the guys aren't going, they're not going, and you need to take over. If you're uh, if you're the how, so-called point god, well, that's how most that he is the point god. No, uh, Magic Johnson is the point god. No, Magic's Magic. Okay, these are nicknames, not titles, not awards. <laughs> uh, magic is Magic. His name's Irvin. <laughs> uh, so oh, no. trust me, we know that from Winning Time. His yeah. mom did not like Magic. Uh, so. Um, yeah, I mean Chris Paul, you know, you uh, and and so many NBA fans want the person to be a killer. You know, you we all want people to be like, fuck this, I'm taking it into my own hands when in reality that's just not how a lot of these people work. Yeah. And then I think another big factor for the Pelicans at least aside from the the great play of Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum, Jonas Valančiūnas has been banging down in the post with DeAndre Ayton. I think he's averaging a double double. I, I think he's he's gotten a couple like twenty four and seventeen no, type a, games. He's a tough matcher for for Aiden because Aiden you know relies so much on his strength. Yeah. Um and physicality and you know Aiden moves better, but you know Jonas is a massive man. And Valanciunas I think is one of the only centers that probably can bang with Aiden. Yeah, yeah. This is a massive person. I mean, this is a guy that has the body of Embiid and Jokic. Yeah. Um, this is a big dude. So, and he's a good basketball player. You know, he's kind of been in basketball limbo, bouncing around different franchises. But he's uh, been but a he, core piece for all the, of the franchises that he's been on. He was huge with and, Toronto and then and, going to Memphis and productive. So, uh, yeah. I mean, this this Pelicans team is a bunch of fighters. You know, they're not supposed to be here. They turned it around. Uh, they're playing. You know the the best record in the NBA, really, really tough. I don't think that they end up beating the Suns, but it's been a really good uh, post-trade deadline run for the Pelicans, and I think it sets them up nicely to sell uh, Zion on staying. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Because I think... now he needs to see himself on the court with CJ, B.I., Valanciunas. You know, then all of a sudden it's like, man, okay, you know, this we could do this. Yeah, definitely. Him and B.I., I don't know, you know. Like, if B.I. is the only one there, I don't know if that sells it. If, if B.I. Oh, is the only what, one okay, there, yeah, they miss the playoffs. Saying, yeah. I got you. I don't think he's coming back. But they make the trade to get C.J. They do make the playoffs, and they make a little, you know, they they win a couple games. Now, all of a sudden, it's like, okay, maybe maybe I'll stay stick around. I think the Pelicans. Ultimately, I think he does leave, though. Yeah, I, I think he does leave, too. Even but... though, from a basketball perspective, it looks real good. Yeah, it does. I think ultimately the Pelicans do end up winning this series. I think they, similar to the the next two teams, we're, we we're going to talk about how the the Grizzlies and Timberwolves they don't know what they don't know about the playoffs. The Pelicans don't know either, and now they've won two games against the best team in the league all year. And the Suns were the best team in the league all year, pretty convincingly. Yeah. And yep. now they have the Pelicans have the two best players on their team in the series, in Brandon Ingram and C.J. McCollum. There's there's no way that they are the two best players in the series. The way they've been playing this series, Tyler, they're the two best players in the series different. right now. That's different from being the two best. They're playing the best. They're not better than Chris Paul. They're he better put, than everybody else on the Suns. 
that that's that's true. Yeah, I would say that. I would say like the 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 best five, you know, is for sure CP. Obviously, Booker's out, but CP, Booker, Aiden, CJ, and Bi. Those are kind of the stars. Yes, of this of the series, and and you know, Aiden's probably a solid five of that yeah. list. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm. I'm going with the Pelicans to to win this thing in seven games now. That would be wild. I, I that would be a wild finish. I need it to happen, Tyler. Yeah. I need it to happen. No, you really- know why? Because all of those fucking Suns fans, and no offense to Bree, uh, I love her. She's a friend of mine. She's a Suns fan. But this is just a taste of your own medicine. For all of the shit you guys talked last year, for you guys saying last year wasn't a fluke and now injuries don't mean anything in the playoffs because – it. Like, yeah. with everything they talked about with Anthony Davis getting hurt and saying, oh, Lakers fans can't use it as an excuse, blah, blah, blah. Now their best player gets hurt, yeah, and no. look what happens. No, no. See, that's why I think the whole, like, injury is an excuse thing isn't real. It is. It's, it, a, it's a factor. It's very real. It's a factor. It's it's real. Like, Suns fans, you should be able to admit that, like, if we had Devin Booker, it'd be different because you're fucking right. Yes. And, like. And, Just, and, you know. and there should be nothing wrong with that. Yeah, no. And for no, Lakers fans no. last year to get so much shit for saying that with Anthony Davis and how he was playing last year, the no. Lakers would have won that series. No. That's not that crazy to no, say. I mean, that's like, you know, we talked about the Toronto Golden State finals. It's like, yeah, the the Warriors weren't the Warriors. That wasn't the Warriors. That was a shell of the Warriors. Yeah, you know, that wasn't injuries affect basketball. Teams. And KD came injuries back too early teams in general. Yeah. So anyway, sorry, I had to get that off my chest because if if the Suns do win, it will be a glorious night on me for Twitter because I am coming with the heat. No, the Suns that would be a big big fall and stumble. It'd be great because the 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 Pelicans really shouldn't even be here. It'd be great with the Clippers losing the way they did, fight, the Nets losing you know? the way they did. I would need the Suns to lose the way they did, or this yeah, way at least. Yeah, no, the the Nets is embarrassing. Yes. The the Nets and Lakers season this year is nothing I've ever seen. Oh, two I've biggest ne- failures I, I think I've ever seen. Well, just I've never seen a season where the two best teams didn't do shit. Yeah. Crazy. Anyway, Grizzlies, Timberwolves, Tyler. Series is tied 2-2. This series has lived up to the hype. Uh, yeah, it's unlike been, been great. Anything. And, I mean, the Nets-Celtics series was hyped up for all – like everyone thought that was going to be a great series, and then the the, the Celtics end up sweeping them. So no, uh, it, it was must see TV, was what it was. Yeah, you needed to watch that Brooklyn Boston series, <laughs> and it yeah. was I, like I watched every game of that series. Yeah. Now the Timberwolves they steal game one, one thirty to one seventeen against the Grizzlies, riding the momentum off of upsetting the Clippers uh, in the playing tournament. And Edwards has a huge game, thirty six points. Cat had twenty nine. Malik Beasley had twenty three off the bench. Uh, but then Memphis in game two hits Minnesota with a haymaker right back, uh, winning game two, 124 to 96. Uh, it was a really balanced attack from the Grizzlies in game two with four guys in double figures off the bench. And since it was a blowout, every single player in uniform played for the Grizzlies. So that's always uh, interesting to see in a playoff game where it really gets away from the other team and, and the, the the team can really empty their bench. So that's that's always interesting to see in the playoffs, I think. Um, now the Grizzlies, they steal game three from the Timberwolves, uh, in Minnesota after a big second half comeback where the Grizzlies went on a 21 to nothing run at one point and outscored the Timberwolves 37 to 12 in the fourth quarter, similar to what we were talking about with Chris Paul, Tyler, 
Carl Anthony Towns in game three had eight points and only he was only three of four from the field. So he only he don't, only took four shots. He had five fouls, took four shots, only eight points from the self-proclaimed greatest greatest shooting big man in the NBA. It's pretty laughable in my opinion. Hey, you have the right to think that. Yes. But that's what you got to say. No, I know. He had it. I'm just Draymond's the greatest defender of all time. Everybody was clowning Cat because yeah. of uh, those are like the things I wouldn't clown him for. There's plenty of things you can clown him for. Like that is, uh, you know. Well, no, it's uh, talking the way he's been talking lately to have a performance like that in the playoffs. No, no, he, he yeah, he needs to keep it up though. Now, what I will to, say, he needs to keep himself motivated. Um, you know, because. We want a fiery Carl Anthony Towns. Right, and where I will give him a lot of credit for is in game four, he comes back and has a bounce-back performance and scores 33 points and has 14 rebounds. And was That's just, what I'm and, talking about. And was about. just, like, involved. I mean, you could tell emotionally, like, yeah. dedicated. Yeah. He wanted it. That's what I want to see from Carl Anthony Towns. And and I still think, you know, I picked the Timberwolves to win this one, this series, before it started. I think they're going to win it. I'm going to ride with them. I mean – it it's a toss up. I mean, it's two it's two right now. Yep. Um, aside from obviously John Morant, um, being who he is for the Grizzlies, Desmond Bain has been phenomenal for the Grizzlies. He's averaging twenty three point three points per game off the bench, uh, or excuse me, not off the bench. Um, but he's doing it on forty four percent, shooting from three. So it's it's been really fun to watch Desmond Bain all year. I know he had a lot of uh, Lakers fans, including myself. Uh, in an uproar when the when the Grizzlies would play the Lakers this year for all the shit he was talking, but he had every right to be talking that shit with the way he was playing. So it's just been fun to watch this Grizzlies team and and how they've progressed. And uh, we can talk about uh, what happened with the most improved award uh, in a little bit. But um, I just I don't know what's going to happen in this series. I I just it's no, it's a fun series because. You know, they're two kind of harmless teams. It's not teams that anybody has, like, animosity towards. They're not anyone that's, like, uh, you know, this may sound unfair, but takes seriously. You well, know, ne- like, neither of these kind teams of are shot, championship it, contenders. Yeah, that's, that's like, it's not a shot at them. It's just, like, they're just not there yet. Um, they're two great basketball teams and young basketball teams, so they're going to be here for a while. Yeah. Now, I also love John Morant and Kat's dads talking shit to each other during the series. I know um, they've uh, – I think they sat courtside next to each other for one of the games, or at least they had – The game four they did. Okay, so they were sitting there uh, for the whole game. I know I, – I just saw the one um, – the interview that they did courtside in the middle of the game. Yeah. So I wasn't sure if they were sitting together the whole game or not. Uh, but it's just – that's just another added layer to the storylines of this series that that is making it – so fun and, and and really just like you were saying with the the net Celtics series must see TV. No, yeah, it's it, it it's just uh it, it is a weird kind of uh just this weird matchup where you know everyone I think basketball fans in general can just enjoy it. There's right. no there's no there's just no you know crazy ties to either one of these franchises. I mean, how do you how do you hate the Timberwolves and the Grizzlies? They're never really a fucking threat. Like. They're not a rival of anyone. They're young franchises. It's just, you know, they haven't won any titles. You know, it's just kind of, it's the Grizzlies and the Timberwolves, you know. (laughs) No, that's, it's. But they've got great young teams. I mean, it's not, I'm not trying to take away from their teams this season. I'm just saying that's why I think that it's fun and easy to watch for basketball fans because 
you know, it's not the Celtics, it's not the Lakers, it's not the Suns, you know. Right, you're not really rooting for either one of these teams to lose. You're just really enjoying good basketball. Yeah, yeah, you're not rooting for a win or a loss either way. Yeah, and then real quick, I wanted to say with the Grizzlies, I know, I, I think we've brought it up on the show before, um, but when the the Mark Gasol, Zach Randolph, Mike Connolly Grizzlies got broken up, everybody was like, oh, that's the end of the grit and grind era in Memphis, blah, blah, blah. I don't think that era ever really ended, especially now with John Morant and, and this incarnation of of the Grizzlies. I just I just think this young version of the Grizzlies really has taken that grit and grind mentality, and they might not be advertising it and really like doing it out there publicly, yeah, but I, mean, I really think they've embodied no, I mean, that spirit. Certain franchises take on personalities in sports. I mean, there's there's a couple of those teams in in, in all sports. You know, it it seems like. I don't know it you know the Steelers and the Ravens like they they play the same type of football yeah no matter who's playing you know I think of like the Golden State Warriors uh you know they've been playing the same type of basketball since the early 90s yeah um they've kind of taken on that identity and grit and Memphis is kind of you know even Detroit a little bit um but Memphis has kind of taken on on an identity with the city and and you kind of come there to play Grizzlies basketball. It is a completely different team dynamic, you know, a lot more athletic, a lot faster. Yeah, they don't play the same type of basketball, but but, but I mean, they're they're definitely like they're gritty. They're they're fighters. They're scrappy. Oh yeah, they definitely definitely are scrappy. Uh, all right, Tyler. Moving on, the Warriors and the Nuggets. The Warriors they lead three one, and they look like their old selves, especially with uh, Steph Curry coming back looking healthy. Jordan Poole is just seamlessly fitting in with. Uh, Steph Clay and Draymond um, Poole's actually been starting in place of Steph Curry um, and surprisingly it's been working out pretty well um, I think Steph will probably slide back into the starting lineup sooner rather than later but for these first four games Jordan Poole has started for the Warriors um, Steph has come off the bench they've been using Draymond on defense against Nikola Jokic he had that great game ceiling steal um, I think it was in game two or three. I can't remember when, when the exact steal was uh, when, he, when he took Jokic's cookies in the post at the end yeah, of the game. Yeah. Um, but um, there's also the whole incident with Will Barton and Boogie Cousins getting into it early in the series on the bench. Uh, Gary Payton was getting under uh, some of the Nuggets' skin by slapping Will Barton on the ass on the way. Uh, or no, he, he slapped uh, Jokic's uh, ass on the way out after uh, Jokic was pissed he didn't get a foul called um, so I mean like I said before the series started I think the Warriors game plan needed to be just let Jokic do whatever he wants and kind of just shut everybody else down uh, and that's that's really what it's been Jokic has done everything he could um, except for uh, in game two um, or excuse me in game three um, so I mean it's this series has been interesting Jokic Jokic is doing everything he can. It's a great, it's a great matchup of the, you know, I what I would think is close to the best team in the West. Maybe not like the undisputed, but I think right now they are the best could, team in the you, West. You could say they're the best team in the West versus the best player in the league. I mean, I don't think either one of those is like a huge stretch. You know, there's arguments for other players. There's arguments for other teams in the West, but all in all, this is like one of the best teams versus arguably the best player. So there's there it is a it is a fun series to watch Jokic try to like do it but you know i think golden state's primed to win the west now oh yeah this I is mean, definitely with, with the with jordan Poole coming on like this 
Um, I just, you know, I don't see, I don't see any of these Western Conference teams being able to beat them. My one criticism of Jokic this playoff so far. I mean, it's amazing. He has nobody. You know, he's, you know, missing know. two max contract players. I know. But in game three, Tyler, the Nuggets were up two heading into the fourth quarter, 89 to 87. But for the final three minutes and 20 seconds of the fourth quarter, the, Nug- the Nuggets scored two points and lost 118 to 113. Nikola Jokic had a phenomenal game that game 37 points, 18 rebounds, five assists, three steals. But an MVP player does not let their team score two points in the final three minutes and 20 seconds of a playoff game. That can't happen. Yeah. No, I mean. That it, can't happen. No, you're. And, and credit to the Warriors for, for holding the Nuggets off for three minutes and 20 seconds and only allowing them to score two points. But if Jokic is having that kind of game, you got to give me something. In that three minutes and twenty seconds with no, the game no, on the line, no, you want it, you want it. Um, it. It's not. It's obviously not the optimal uh, result. But <laughs> that's you know, it. I, I I don't know. I mean, I just it's like, you know, some of these guys. I think that you know they're they're just they're working so hard and they want it so bad that sometimes you get in your own your your own way. You know, and yeah, uh, I forget who was. I think it was. I think it was Steve Kerr talking about the Warriors coming out the gate sluggish. Like, you guys are trying to put them away in the first quarter. You know, like, just play your game and, and relax and, like, don't get, don't, you know, kind of be your own stumbling block. Yeah. Now, what, what I thought was really interesting. He, he just, he just, you know, Jokic can win some series by himself. This, this is just a tall uh, this is a tough task. Going against a healthy Steph, uh, Clay, and Draymond. Yeah, yeah, this, this is a tough task. Um and, and so you know, I get why you know him not being able to to win this series, but uh, he can win some series by himself. But this team is just not the team that you know Denver put together. No, um, this is you know an injury riddled team. And really, I think this Denver team—it's amazing what they've been able to do. I, without I was literally just going to say you could say this yeah, Denver like, team think, overachieved this no, year. I think I think Jokic overachieved. I mean, that's what an MB, MVP caliber player does. He didn't let his team drown. He yeah. took he took over. Yeah. And I think MB did a s- similar this season as well. Yeah. Now, what I've found really interesting is Steph's adjustment to the bench. Yeah, no, it's been the kind of the I would say the story of the series. 27 and a half points per game off the bench on 51% shooting right. and 40% from 3. He's a good sixth man. <laughs> Steve Kerr said if he keeps working hard, he can get into the starting lineup. <laughs> I hope it happens soon. Yeah, it would be it'll be interesting oh, to oh, see oh, how oh, they Oh, we got a fight. Nice. It'll be interesting to see how they they handle all that because I I don't really see them starting small against anybody and playing Draymond at the center, Wiggins at the 4 and then those three guards. So it's like one of these guys has got to go to the bench. Yeah, sorry. We we got the Dallas Utah game on in the studio and Hassan Whiteside and Luka I think just got into it. Luka has been in a lot of shit. I mean, Luca's been a pest his entire career. Yeah, yeah, he's and he's he's another one of these guys. All right, so Luca drives to the hole. He's, he's a one man. Tries band. to dunk on Whiteside, gets fouled hard, and grabs Whiteside. Flails on the way down. Yeah, and then. Yeah. Oh, I mean, this really wasn't okay. Nothing. Dorian Finney-Smith comes in, pushes yeah. Whiteside. That's a hard foul. That's what it yeah. is. He's protecting the rim, the, it, and Dallas's players defended Luca. This, this is this is playoff basketball. Yeah, this Luka, is all good right here. There's, there's no like ill, 
ill will here. No, 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 no. That's that's a hard playoff basketball. This is foul. not malicious. Even this like tussle at right here. This ain't no one really wants it. They're all standing there. Yeah, that's all regular NBA pushing and shoving. Yeah, Doncic is a pest. And but he's another <laughs> one of those guys. It's like a one man band like Jokic right now, where it's amazing what he's doing and competing against a Utah team that has all their pieces. You know, uh, like Jokic is right. And I mean they were without. Luca to start the series they were they didn't know if he was going to be able to come back or not he ends up coming back and they actually lose the game that that he came back no, it in. sucks this is the second year in a row that that Luca has been in the playoffs hurt yeah so right now the the game it, the Dallas is actually up 89 to 65 uh, in the fourth quarter with five minutes and 33 seconds left um, the series is tied 2-2 this series I think has been a lot more exciting especially without Luca playing in some of those games. No, I than, thought than most I, were this was expecting. honestly one of the least, like least intriguing series to me uh, just because of, you know, Luca kind of being a one man band and, and Utah being, you know, a solid team. I didn't know. I didn't really think that, you know, Luca could compete with Utah for seven games, but obviously he can. Yeah. And I mean, so game one, Donovan Mitchell scored 32 points, but Jalen Brunson and Maxi Kleber hit the jazz with a nice one-two punch to to tie the series at one game apiece in game two. Uh, Brunson had 41 points in game two, and Kleber had 25 points off the bench uh, and was 8 of 11 from three. So Maxi Kleber hitting eight threes on 11 attempts. That, da- Dallas, that's going to win you a game right Dallas, there. Dallas, when we're talking about the hard way, we were talking about, me and Corey were talking about Dallas's team, you know, and, and how they built it the hard way. and And it's just like, you know, guys like Dorian Finney-Smith, if he goes and signs that contract with 29 other teams, it's going to just look stupid. It's not yeah. going to work out. He's not going to be as productive. But with Dallas, he is productive because he was brought up. You know, Tim Hardaway, I know he wasn't drafted by them, but he gets there early on in his career. He's been developed. Cleveland, yeah. Dwight Powell, these guys are mavericks. You know, they, they're, they're organizational guys. These are the things that the Nets and the Lakers are missing. Yeah, you know this is continuity. These are guys that are in the gym. No, every those guys day. were teammates they with know, Dirk. They know that. Yeah, they know their role. They've been there the whole time with Luca, um, and and those guys, you're getting more out of them than than they really like are skilled because you're you're putting them in the spots to succeed, and you know what they bring to the table, and they know what they need to do. Whereas any one of those guys, Dwight Powell, Cleveland, uh, Finney Smith, Hardaway, Brunson, they go to another team. I just. You know, I just don't believe they're going to be as productive as they are with Dallas. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. It's it's a system, it, the you, culture, all of that. You, you you need drafting, you need good scouting on the G League and and free agency and trades. It's not all about max contract guys. Yeah. Now max contract guys are getting their asses whooped to these teams. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's 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 happening all the time. Yeah. And all Utah right. to me is like one like good role player away i i hope they don't hit the blow-up button i think they're gonna hit the blow-up button if they think, lose this series i think i think that's a bad move you know you still have a lot to you still have a lot to hang your hat on with a killer on the outside with mitchell and, a, and an anchor on the inside with gobert but those guys don't get along the, you know again i don't know that you know i, we, I think we it's all pretty clear see, we all see we all he, hear that and and you know People want to say that, but I don't know what their relationship are. They still won a lot of basketball games this year. I mean, Kobe and Shaq won a lot of basketball games. Yeah, exactly. So, but, it, but Donovan you know, Mitchell it, and it Rudy Gobert aren't it, Kobe and Shaq. I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's. Uh, you know, 
unless unless they're like verbal to this you know if utah knows that they don't get along that's different but if they do get along you cannot blow this team up you're you've got you know clarkston and royce o'neill and, and no are, those are, guys all gotta stay those are good pieces for them you know like clarkston is a great like score off the bench conley's Sixth a great man of the year conley's a great veteran veteran leader at the point guard you've got your number one bog you know bogdanovich probably was the one where it's like if they want to went more like harrison barnes than bogdanovich just style play not specific yeah, yeah, yeah. like maybe it'll worked out better you know bogdanovich's skill set just seems to be stuff that they have all over the court you Uh-oh. know i think they need that six eight six nine forward donovan mitchell is currently limping limping to the locker room with four minutes and 41 seconds left in the yeah, because he's quarter. down 30 i'd limp to the locker room too <laughs> 93 to 65 he hits, so. he hits that hallway all of a sudden the stride's gonna look nice and <laughs> nice and healthy he's not gonna be paul pierce calling for the wheelchair no oh right. god it's uh we watched the DraftKings. there was a DraftKings commercial on and paul pierce was on it right after it was just us three sitting in our living room and i was like paul pierce you suck <laughs> should have yelled he pooped his pants <laughs> That's uh, uh, that's the kind of heckling we need, you know. <laughs> a simple "you suck" is just so funny. It is. It's simple but pro, effective because they're pro athletes, so they know they don't suck. So it's just, it's a pure, just like you, you know. I I like the other team. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Now, all right, the Mavericks—they're they're realistically going to go on to win this uh, game, so they'll be having Game Six in Utah. Yep, and a, and a crucial this this one's probably going to go seven. Yeah, I think so. So all right, Tyler, let's let's move on. We got a few more things to talk about before we get out of here. I know we're running kind of long, uh, but we did miss a week, so we had to catch up on a lot of stuff. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, yeah. We got we got a lot to talk about. All right, the we talked about who we would give the awards to uh, last week, or not last week, two weeks ago when we we last recorded, but the official finalists hadn't been announced. So I figured uh, we might as well run through that real quick. Um, the finalists for MVP, Tyler, and we'll kind of just basically say if we agree with these finalists uh, or not. Uh, obviously, the finalists for MVP were Giannis, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic. Consensus, we're all good with that. Uh, we've already said who we think should win, is going to win, all of that. Defensive player of the year, Tyler, that has already been announced. But the finalists were Marcus Smart, Mikhail Bridges, and Rudy Gobert. Marcus Smart one defensive player of the year this year. He's the first guard to win it since Gary Payton won the award during the 95-96 season. Uh, Mikhail Bridges finished second in the voting, and Rudy Gobert finished third. And and realistically, there's only been two point guards to ever win it, him and Gary Payton. Uh, I know they clumped him in with guards because, you know, there's been a couple guards that won it before Payton, uh, Michael, and the original award winner. Um. I'm, I'm, his name's escaping me. It's not, I don't think it's Sidney Moncrief, but it's one, one of those guys from the eighties. The first, the first two defensive player of the year awards went to a guard, but, um, so it's, it was super sick to see Marcus Smart get it. He was who I would have voted for. Um, Tyler, you were right. Sidney Moncrief. Okay. So it was back yeah, to so back he, the first two winners. Yep. So he was a guard. Um, you know, Mike, Mike won it. He was a guard. But, Sidney Moncrief, the guy that Jerry West wanted to draft over Magic Johnson. Yeah. Which I think, you know, on that, on that, that's a good conversation because I, I do believe that the Lakers would have been 
a good fucking basketball team with Sidney Moncrief. Yes. They probably I, still would have been able to win some titles. Yes, I, I do yeah, agree with yeah. that as well. Someone wrote up a good article on that one. Like, it's what know, what could have happened. It's not it's like, yeah, like uh it you know, you it speaks to his greatness that like people are like, even if they did have him, they would have been good. You know, oh, yeah. similar to like Hakeem and the Rockets, like no one blames the Rockets for taking Hakeem over right. Jordan. Right. Like that just speaks to how great he really was. Right. Exactly. It's like people like people that don't know basketball, like they didn't know the name Sidney Moncrief, but like if you know basketball, you know Sidney Moncrief was no slouch in the NBA. No, 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 no. Hell no. He was he was a all star caliber player all through the eighties. Yeah. So I mean back to Marcus Smart, I just thought it was great one that it didn't go to Rudy Gobert just because I can't stand Rudy Gobert and I think he's a fraud defensive player of the year because of he gets played off the court in the playoffs, but I know it's a regular season award, so that argument's kind of moot. Yeah, but, I mean, Mutombo, you know, Dwight. Dwight yeah. never got played off the floor in the playoffs, though. No, but... He, Not during he, his defensive player of the year years. He got, he, got worked a, he got worked a couple times for sure. Yeah, but anyway... He had his growing pains. I, I just think it's great that Marcus Smart won the award because it does now open up the no, conversation yeah, for guards yeah. because there they should is, be they should be you know they should be in the conversation right defense is more than just rim protection and blocks and and all of that but that is the catalyst i mean that is the focal point right because it's the last line of defense well and you're you're the quarterback i mean you're it's similar to like the center and the offensive line where that needs to be your captain and your vocal person because you see everything. Right. You know, you're making everybody's job easier. Right. But I could argue that guarding on the perimeter is probably harder than being a rim protector. I would not want to be a rim protector in the NBA. <laughs> but that is not a fun job. If you're a rim protector in the NBA, you know what you're signing up for. Yeah, but if you're a perimeter defender, you know what you're signing up for as well. I, I don't think that one's easier than the other. No, and there, it's a it's a team it's so often it is a team game. Yeah. Or, you know, with, with with defense schematically. Yeah, but I also, I just think that Marcus Smart was well, very deserving guys, of the There's award. guards and forwards that deserve the awards every year. Yeah, I mean, DeJounte Murray led the league yeah. in steals yeah. this year. Yeah, yep. All right, moving on, Rookie of the Year. Uh, Scotty Barnes, Cade Cunningham, and Evan Mobley were the finalists. I think that was um, pretty much what everyone no, thought it would be. That was a three-horse race. Yes, uh, Scotty Barnes was the winner. Um, I think they blew it. Who do you think it should have gone to? I feel like it should have went to Mobley, but oh yeah, that's right. We talked about. I just, this. I just think that like the the Raptors are a pretty good basketball team without Barnes, and so he was able to step into kind of a good, good situation and play right away with a good team. And Mobley took a, a you know a team that was in the cellar and kind of changed their identity and produced you know year one. Yeah, I think he had a bigger bigger impact on his team through his individual play. You know who should have gotten some more recognition as well? Desmond Bain? No. Josh Giddy? Yes. Yeah. Uh, four four Rookie of the Month's awards for the Western yeah, Conference. Yeah. No, and that's all just because of his team. You know, Cade was third because of his team. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, Scotty and Evan, they had good they had playoff teams. Yeah. Now, all right, Sixth Man of the Year, the finalists were Tyler Hero, Cam Johnson, and Kevin Love. I'm I'm cool with that. Uh, I think Tyler's going to end up winning it. Yeah, yeah. This one I think is is not really a three horse race. It's just, it's Tyler's award. Yeah. Now, most improved that was announced earlier tonight. Uh, the finalists were Darius Garland, John Morant, and Dejounte Murray. And the writers 
and no, voters. They, they blew this one too. They gave it to John Morant. Um, he did give his physical award to his teammate Desmond yeah, Bain. Which is a nice gesture, but it just it, means he he mean knows shit. he shouldn't have won it. Well, it, it's a nice gesture in that regard. It's a nice gesture to give to your teammate, you know, who was deserving. Maybe not the most deserving, but he was deserving. He wasn't sure. even a finalist. Yeah, exactly. So it's like he was on his team. You know, it's not like he gave it to Dejounte Murray, right? Um, but no, but Desmond, I think, ba- I think, Desmond I think, Bain has an argument as well. I think that I just I do believe in the argument that like. He was already an all-star. He was a he rookie was of the year. Rookie of the year. It's like his as- ascension is natural. There, it wasn't like this big spike like Miles Bridges. You know, like right. you look at Miles Bridges' first couple of years, and then this year there's this like this huge spike. You know, Darius Garland. Although Darius Garland was the fourth pick in the draft, he didn't come out the gates right like a fucking all-star. You know, right. John Morant looked like an all-star out the gates. And so, you know, his his ascension has been on a different a different path, uh, where he has like this big spike, and then Dejounte Murray, ultimately, I think is who um, who deserved it. Yeah, I mean, Dejounte Murray, his he improved his points per game by almost six points and added almost four more assists to his point assists per game, and and I, I mean, just John think- Morant had the crazy points per game ascension. Going but, from nineteen point one to twenty seven point four, but it's like yeah, yeah, you're a number already, two overall pick. That's what you're supposed to do. Well, the, I don't, you know, even regardless of of um, like draft status, you know, like if the number two pick comes out and has like a subpar rookie year where he's just kind of a a role player, and then his second year in the league he averages twenty, like that was a huge improvement, you know. But like you were a twenty point per game, like I know nineteen or whatever, but you're essentially a 20 point per game all-star and then you went from that to being like a 27 point per game all-star you know it's it it is a it does look like a big jump but it's it's just uh it's not like a big jump on the page of his his career his career trajectory yeah i i completely agree i don't like think like Dejounte Murray took a big step forward this year in his his career career's, his career trajectory yeah i i completely agree uh, all right, Coach of the Year. The finalists were Taylor Jenkins, Eric Spolstra, and Monty Williams. So the Grizzlies, the Heat, and the Suns. Uh, no Ty Lue is a finalist, so he's not going to win it. No, that's too bad. Uh, I hope. I, I I just hope Monty Williams doesn't win it. <laughs> not to not to not. I mean, that's harsh. I like Monty Williams. He's a really good coach. Um, but I mean, he had the best. You know, he had a great roster that was healthy all year. Um, you know, I don't know if his coaching job was done this season or you know, a year or two ago. Uh, the Memphis coach would be a good – he's – like, if he wanted, I wouldn't be pissed at that. Yeah. I mean, they they completely turned their, their franchise around. I think and, if and these Spolstra, are the finalists. You know, Spolstra, he's he's done a great job, but, again, like, a great basketball team. Right. So, like, it, it, in those three, I would say Jenkins did the best job. Yeah, I think uh, ultimately Spolstra and Monty Williams are kind of riding off what they've already built, which doesn't necessarily mean they're not doing a good job, but they've got a lot working for them. Right. With with these being the finalists, I think Taylor Jenkins will end up being the winner, just based off of how John Morant won most improved. Just kind of seeing how the voters are. They're the number two team in the West, number two team in the NBA. Came out of nowhere. Yeah. Came out of nowhere. So. All right, Tyler. Last thing before we get out of here, I'm actually gonna turn the floor over to you. 
uh, because this was your little brainchild. You were just, uh, I guess, tossing it around. Again, I've been talking about NBA history a lot lately just yeah. because of the show. So these things always just pop into my head. So you, you were having a conversation about the best big men in NBA history and where Joel Embiid and, and Nikola Jokic now rank. Just because, you know, it's been clear kind of, I think the last two seasons, Embiid, Jokic, and Giannis have been, were they the finalists for the MVP last year too? Let me check. But So, like, it could, you know, I could be wrong, but I think they've been the finalists for the last two years. The NBA big man has kind of been coming back for a while. Um, it's not necessarily like this year's trend. Um, they've been slowly kind of becoming dominant again, and now it's just, you know, Embiid and Jokic are just completely, utterly unstoppable. Last year it was Steph, Embiid, and Jokic. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, no Giannis. Yeah, no Giannis. Okay, so, as Steph, so the two guys that really this is all about, Jokic and Embiid, you know, they've been MVP finalists last two years, and they just look un unstoppable. They're just dominant. Yeah, I, and it kind of got me wondering, like, where where do these guys lie in the all time ranks? And when you told me you wanted to do this on the show, I I didn't even think about Giannis just because I was thinking more in the traditional sense of the center. No, I didn't either. I, I don't put Giannis on this list, right? But yeah. just so you were just because you brought him up a second ago, I wanted to make sure we were on the same page. Yeah, with that. yeah. It was more just talking about you know Cat and Anthony Towns of the world, you know, like. The, the, the center Cat and Anthony Towns. Cat and Anthony Davis. Because <laughs> Anthony is in both yeah, of those yeah, names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cat <laughs> and Ant Davis. Um, you know, along with guys like Jokic and Embiid. And then, like, even even like the second tier guys are just really good now. I mean, the Itans, the Steven Adams, the Valanciunas, yeah. the, the Clint Capellas. But I wouldn't even I know, put, I'm sure I'm missing some of these but guys. I'm not putting those those. But these are, those are the guys that are, like, in the middle of the pack. You know, the, the, that's that's like showing Wait you how second. good this, this you, list has gotten. But were you talking about the best big men in Ever. the league? No, the cover, yeah, like what I want to talk about is all time. Okay, because I'm some of those names like, you just mentioned are not in this conversation. No, no, what I'm – talking about is how like you know just the era of the big man gotcha. being yes. back and yes. like it's deep well what's I mean, interesting like, damn was, near every and damn near every nba team has a good center i was thinking about this when the lakers won the championship a couple of years ago they had two big men on their team and and or they used a two big man lineup yeah. a lot yeah and i believe we probably talked about how we thought the nba might be switching back to uh a former style of play before like essentially this now pace of play era of it being ramped up of where teams had two big men like the spurs had the twin towers of david robinson and uh no, you had Tim that big guys yeah. right so and for a, recently a while the league had gone away from that yeah so, small ball lineups are still very much like in the play and, and but now i think like, a big man is a lot have, more important than even five years ago no no and now centers like have to play in these lineups too you know I mean, so the, nets, like, the nets don't have a center and look where they're at now yeah yeah and, and and there's a there's just an immense amount of talent that's been through the league there was there was a long time after all those greats of the 80s and 90s retired you know in the early 2000s um honestly from like you know 2000 to 20 you know 2012 it was kind of a dead, you know, Shaq and Dwight were kind of like the two guys that kind of had their heyday. And Shaq was out of his prime at, at that point. Well, I mean, like Shaq, Shaq's prime, I would say, was when it was like dead. 
like everyone left and there was nobody to stop Shaq. Like every single year it was just like, how do we stop Shaq? You know, like, is it Yao? Is it Ben? No, none of those guys are on that level. You it's know? Elgowskis. It was, it was, you know, uh, that was kind of the dead center era, you know, where I think that like Shaq had the dead center era for a while. And then Dwight kind of like, like had the, had the end of it. Yeah. And then all of the Carl Anthony Townses, the Anthony Davises, the Embiid's, the Jokic's, all those guys kind of came to town. Like Boogie was kind of in there. Um, so Boogie was one of the first, really. No, but yeah, yeah, he's in that that same era of you know Cat and uh, and and Ant and all those guys. So, yeah, um, so, yeah. The 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 NBA, I feel like it's back. You know, as far as big guys, it's been a while. But now it's like they're the best players in the league again. So where did you have Embiid and Jokic? So so yeah so like when i you know when i was thinking about this like there's a you know to me there's like a top four that are untouchable like i don't care how good Embiid and Jokic do from here on out they can't touch the top four who's the top four it's green will Shaq, and, and bill russell which i think is interesting i think that's like the unanimous um i would say that that's the unanimous mount rushmore of centers interesting I think that Hakeem is everybody's number five. Like the first four, maybe people mix around, but I think Hakeem is everybody's number five. And then I I like the the second tier after that being like, with Hakeem is like D- David Robinson, Patrick Ewing, Moses Malone, um, and then I've got uh so that's that's tier two, tier three I've got just oh, it's one guy all by himself because he's an anomaly, is George Mikan. Okay. Like I deserve you could I deserve to I'll give him the 10th spot just because he was the original. Okay. Like can I compare him to the guys that are on this list? No. Like he was from a different era. You know, he but he was the original like holy shit if you have a big guy in basketball like they yeah. can dominate, you know. Um so I think like I personally think that Embiid and Jokic right now right now are like at that like that 9-10 spot. Yeah, so I mean, I wrote and, and down, I think that they can eventually, they could eventually be in or surpass the Hakeem, David Robinson, Pat Ewing, Moses Malone grouping. Yeah, so I I had ten written down in in an order as if I, I was ranking them. I just gave you, I just gave 10. you eleven. You gave me eleven. Okay. Well, if you count Embiid and Jokic, yes, and and okay. George Mikan being like George Mikan is the eleventh essentially. Yeah. Okay. Like I have to throw his name in just out of respect. Okay. Like there's not a lot of guys in the early days of basketball that I still give them their like props because I think that the game's just so far past what that was that they're just you can't compare them. Yeah. But no, I, and- I I agree. So the ten that I had were Shaq, Kareem, Hakeem, Wilt, Bill Russell at five. David Robinson, Moses Malone, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, Patrick Ewing at ten. Yeah, that's the list. That's that's. I think that that's pretty close to like what most people would have. Hakeem, there's no way that Hakeem can be above Bill Russell, the greatest rebounder, or arguably the greatest rebounder, arguably the greatest defender, the best winner ever. Shaq, we we know what that that story is. They they were the same era. Um, and then Will and Kareem, like, God damn, they could be the best basketball player ever, <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, I mean, listen, that like Bill Russell, like 
I think realistically, like Kareem, Wilt, and Shaq are probably are could be the three best players to ever fucking live. Yeah, you know. I think realistically, Shaq, Kareem, Hakeem, Wilt, you could put those five in any order and not be wrong. Yeah, I I just I feel like the first four are strong, and and Kareem or Hakeem is just like the clear number five. Like number six is not close to Hakeem. No. But I don't feel like Hakeem is close no. to the Bill Russell Shaq. The Will gap between Kareem. the gap between Hakeem and David Robinson is much bigger than the gap between Hakeem and Bill Russell, Wilt, Kareem, and, and Shaq. Yeah, yeah. That's you know, so I think that I think that Embiid and Jokic can definitely get into the Hakeem stratosphere. The only thing I I, th- I feel like they're on pace already to pass Moses, Pat, D Rob. Listen. Jokic has the MVP already. Now he just needs the championship. Jokic needs the MVP and the championship. So it's like there, there's still things missing on these guys' yeah, resumes. Yeah, yep. And they're still late twenties. Yeah. Oh, you know, we got neither of these guys' careers are are they're, close to they're being just done. off to a blistering pace. And you know, when I was thinking, it's like uh, you know, no no recent centers touch any sort of like big man list other than Shaq. It's just like they just don't come around anymore. But really, I think that like. And if you really look at the list seriously, I think these is two that like the greatest big men to ever play. Yeah. No, I mean we've you know they're clear. Seen... You know the guys that I have them above, you know that are like they're already today is like Alonzo Mourning, Dwight Howard, Dikembe Mutombo, Bill Walton. I have the I have them above Patrick Ewing already. Yeah, which is you know arguable. Yeah. I mean Patrick Ewing is another guy that didn't get the mvp championship that like you're kind of looking for but it's still just like man talk about a dominating player the dwight one is interesting though to me because of the defensive player of the years and and the championship late in his career to me, dwight's top 15 that like i think that i'm comfortable saying like if anyone's list like you gotta have him in the top 15 yeah i i, I would think that's he safe. was the be- he was the best center in the nba for like six years i was gonna say five to seven years you know at least. he had a good like span a good chokehold on that position and i you know i don't care about era you know like what era you played in or if it was a down year for your positions or what but if you're the best at a position for a handful of years you were an all-time great yeah no i i completely agree and i mean mutumbo to me you know like mutumbo and dwight are i've always been the the guys i could you know that are like doppelgangers basketball wise and and i think rudy gobert is like the the next one the third one yeah, yeah. they're just but i don't think you could ever say defensive anchor they're defensive anchors i don't you know. think you could say rudy gobert is the best center in the nba at any point though no no he wasn't he wasn't but neither but, was mutumbo but you could say that about dwight but you can't say that's why i would say dwight is number one like you know a dwight mutumbo of that tier yeah i got uh, you uh, of that style of center you know i got you um just a defensive anchor limited on offense more of like a 15 points per game guy but 15 boards three blocks yeah um change change the game with their physicality yeah now we've always said that Joel Embiid is probably one of the only guys that could get that elusive what at 30 and 15 stat line that you always say Shaq yeah it's Shaq's thing it was and it was Shaq's thing when Dwight was coming around like that was always his challenge for Dwight like I don't essentially his attitude was I don't give a fuck about these centers until they average 30 and 15 right like that's that's what i want to see you know that's what i did 
<laughs> and that's so absurd to think that like and that's a huge mark you know right that's but, what i'm saying but he's he's talking because he saw the death of the center and then like he survived and he was like the only one left standing for a long long time right and really there hadn't there hasn't been any all-time great centers since Shaq. um and now we could be seeing it and, and now they're here like really from like Shaq all the way to Embiid and Jokic Dwight's the only all-time great in that span yeah I'd really have to think long and hard about it. I mean, there's good, there's there's some really good basketball players in those years, but uh, all time great status, I don't know. You know, I think yeah. Dwight's really one of the the few Hall of Fame centers of the last twenty years. Yeah, I completely agree. So, all right, um, that was quite the episode. It was jam packed. Talked about a lot. Um, we took the last week off, uh, so we had to to catch up on a bunch of stuff, but also. Uh, unfortunately, there won't be a show next week. Uh, I got some traveling I got to do for work, uh, so we just couldn't make it work schedule-wise. But we will keep you posted on when the next show will be. Tyler, do you have any shout-outs before we get out of here? No. Do you have one in no. mind but forgot it? I'm, try- I'm trying to I'm trying to think. I never write these down. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to shout you out for uh, starting your first day as gm of the new of the restaurant you're working oh at. yeah no that thanks dude it was so, it was a good one yes um, congrats always working you know yes we all we both uh, are yeah yeah no it's a it's a good gig i'm, I'm excited yeah so uh, working with people that i love so it's all good it makes it makes life easier when you work with and, the people you it, like it makes it a lot easier and, and the beach ain't bad either no it's not bad at all but all right with that that wraps up episode 246 of the tsk show for tyler pacholke i'm eric the duke of sports sklar be sure to rate review and subscribe on apple Podcasts, spotify the iHeartRadio app or wherever you decide to listen to the sports kingdom show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show don't forget to follow at tsk show on facebook twitter and instagram follow us at the duke of sports and at tyler pacholke we appreciate you all so much for listening to us stay tuned for the next episode of the tsk show peace